He saw it. This house speaks to me. It says potential. He loved it. Well, I could even think about putting in a hot tub or maybe even a lanai. A lanai, wow. He bought it. Owning a house is okay, but you're gonna get an ulcer making the payments. But now, he's starting to lose it. 911 emergency. I'd like to report a, a dangerous vagrant. There's just one problem with Graham Krakowski's new home. He's not home alone. The vagrant. There goes the neighborhood. One neighbor at a time. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Hey gang, it's Joe and Scott and we are just another movie night. Thank you for joining us today as we um, discuss the movie The Vagrant in this segment of Talking Trash. Talking Trash. And I've had the worst day ever. So on my way home, I was super stoked to come home and talk to my beloved about this ridiculous movie. But it's just so crazy that I, I don't know if I'm happy or just still bewildered. But I'm really excited to talk about this, so thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, this... I'm just going to say that we had to get coffee. Yeah, we had to get coffee. Just to discuss that. So if you hear us drinking, we are sipping on some coffee trying to figure out this movie we watched. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something. This movie is from 1980... I'm sorry, no, 1992, yeah. if you can believe it. It and, feels like an 80s movie. The thing about this is we found this... We have box sets of uh, lots of movies we pick up. and Which uh, we get at the dollar store a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot. We hunt down really crappy movies. Like and the worst of the worst. Because we love watching bad movies to see what what's the worst movie we can find. Because that conversation fascinates us, I guess. But yeah, this one was in a box we've had in our on top of our TV for a very long time. And I was like, well, let's just finish it. And there was three movies on this box that we haven't seen. And I let Joe pick one. She numbered it. And it turned out to be this movie, which cannot believe we've never seen. And I also feel like it it's a fit. I feel like this is a dream. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a movie that didn't really get made, but somehow it's on this DVD. Everything about it screams we should have seen this movie. Well, we should have seen it because guess who's in it? Bill Paxton. The lead actor is Bill Paxton. Yes. And it it just screams that it, it, this is also produced by Mel Brooks. I know. I'm shocked. And, and why haven't we seen this? And I think I know why. Because at the time of finishing this film last night, I was like, yeah, this, this should have uh, never been released. This is a mess. It, it was a mess. It really and, was. And that's why we're doing it on Talking Trash. <laughs> because I would say that maybe the first 20 minutes of this film, I was like, this is going to be great. This I really is felt that way. Yeah, I felt that way. At first, I, I didn't know because usually um, most of the the movies on the top of the TV, pretty much all horror, um, old drive-in type sci-fi movies, like just obscure crap that no one's ever seen. I, I actually tried to put 
of every genre we can think of. I think there's westerns and detective movies up there. There's just insane. Yeah, like um, just really just cheese fest drive-in movies, you know, from back in the day that are just crap, and we're pretty much the only ones who've ever seen it. What I think is very funny is I numbered them so we can roll a dice online and just see what one we're going to watch tonight. And I numbered them one through six hundred and sixty-six because. What we put ourselves through, we sh- we're like masochists, so we might as well have the devil as the symbol <laughs> of that. Um, there's way more than that, but those are just the ones that are numbered. Those are the ones that are numbered, but it's so much fun. It's great to roll the dice and find out which movie. It's just you have to pick the, you know, once you roll the dice, you have to pick the number out of the box sets that corresponds to that number. You ha- That's what we watch, even if it's the biggest piece of trash you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. So this one... Was in that, you know, area of complete trash. Literally number one. Atop the TV trash. Yeah. So So, this one is, okay, so this one stars Bill Paxton. And I'm so thrilled to talk about this movie because I don't know what was going on. I was feeling so many different emotions from the first five minutes to the next 30 minutes and so on down the (laughs) line. And then I started to get angry. Yeah. It, so, and I think we should talk about the plot. We should yeah. talk the plot out. We should rip this thing up. And that's what we usually do on Talking Trash. That's what we do on Talking Trash. We should talk rip it up. Trash. And then at the end, talk about what we wish it was. Yeah. Maybe. And then do our scores. Because this is going to be... I think this is going to be a short talk through. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it feels like it's an eternity. But it's only about an hour and something. And <laughs> it, it felt like it went <laughs> like on three for, hours. forever. Uh, when people say that the Lord of the Rings are too long, what? I say... Who says that? <laughs> well, you know, there's people out there that can't take three-hour films. Uh, but I, I have no patience for those people. I, I, I dare them to sit there and watch this in just a chair, nowhere else to go. You have to stare at this film. <laughs> like locked and down. And you like... will feel... Yeah, this will feel like torture of some sort. Uh, that's how okay, I feel. Well, it Let's just get through. Okay. Let's start the plot. It did not feel that way in the beginning. Anyway, so this no, movie, it, yeah, that's, yeah. It, this is about, okay, so Bill Paxton plays a businessman. Um, and he, in the beginning of the movie, you see him searching through newspapers um, to buy a house. He wants to buy a new house. I have no idea really what this guy does for a living, but he's some kind of businessman. He's an analyst of some sort? Some of, sort of uh, analyst. I don't know. It doesn't matter. A business? But business he, analyst? Or like people's money or something. Yeah. I think that's what it is. His boss is a real... Dickhead. Uh, and by the way, he, that's we got to talk about each actor because this is a time capsule of every 90, like right at the end of the 80s and 90s. Into the 90s, yeah. Actor that you love like comedy wise. Like you can pick them out. You know you, them all. You, you, you've seen them all. but so. And that guy, that guy is played by someone great. Yeah, so we'll get to him. So um, he's a business businessman, this guy, um, Bill, Paxton's Bill Paxton's character. And um, he has, like, literally the best name and the worst name all at the same time. Which is one of the best jokes in the opening. Yes. His name is Graham Krakowski Krakowski. in the movie. But Colleen Camp, who is the realtor in this movie, um, takes him to see a house on this crazy, the craziest street of all time. I think that the camera actually starts on what looks like hell. Like, the place, like, the, the worst place to live ever and then it pans across the street and it looks like paradise it looks like utopia like it's like a little suburbia with the kids you know on their bicycles and the people watering their lawns and pretty much just suburbia so you got on one side of the street this vacant lot 
and it looks like all torn up. It's huge. It's got like this, you know, decrepit structure there. It just looks gross. Imagine Death Valley if houses were in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... Yeah, so it looks like that. But then, so when, you know, he goes to see this house with Colleen Camp, the realtor, we think that he's looking at that vacant lot, but he's not really. You pan over across the street and he's looking at this little house. So this little house is just also pretty gross. I mean, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the homes on the street, but it, the house literally itself has nothing to do with the story or the plot line. It's just that he picks this house because it's cheap. Well, we stay in this house for the entire film. Yeah. So. I mean, Almost. It, it, it it's not like essential to the plot, but mm. you know, it's there. You know, Bill Paxton, long story short, he buys this well, well, house. Don't bury the lead because Colin Camp is calling him. Oh, my God. Okay. Colleen Camp keeps saying... About his name. And we also have to talk about Colleen Camp, too. Yeah. So, Colleen Camp is a realtor, and so she's like... Oh, and people don't know who Colleen Camp is. First off, that's a sin. She is uh, very famously known as Vet the Maid from Clue. Which which is is one one of of my favorite favorite movies of all time. Um, She is like comedy gold. She's in Police Academy. Yeah. um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, She shows up in Wayne's World. Uh, she's, uh, I think the, um, the, the guy, the owner of the studio, I think his wife, yeah. she plays his wife in it. I mean, you guys know who she is. You have when to. She's, she's not, awesome. when she's not playing Yvette the maid, she looks like a whole nother person. She really does. And that's what she looks like in this. She looks like what Colin Camp normally looks like. And she is showing him this house. And now this is probably around the time where I was like, this is going to be the best film because she won't stop calling him. Is very well suited to your particular needs, Mr. Krakowski. Mr. Krakowski. Like Mr. Krakhouse. Which is what we just saw across the street, which is great. And I'm like, oh, I get what this is going to be. This is going to be a parody about like people buying houses and, and how it can make you crazy. Like a money pit spoof. Yeah. And uh, she won't stop calling him that. It's very conveniently located for a young business person like yourself. Mr. Krakowski. But the best part comes when he's looking at this house. This house is a dump inside. It, it looks like it's gone through the ringer. And that's why it's so cheap. And he's looking at each room. He kind of splits off from her because she won't stop calling him Krakowski. And she won't, which I'm going to call him from the rest of this movie. I'm not going to say Bill Paxton anymore. Krakowski. And he goes off and she's trying to sell him really good. Like, I see future. And he just walks off and checks out because he. He can't stand her. And uh, he looks at the sink. And the sink is dripping this nasty stuff. There's a stain in the sink. He goes to the bathroom and he looks in the toilet and he finds a book behind the well, toilet. Yeah, the, the toilet's not in the book. The, the, the book is not in the toilet. It's behind it, right? It's behind it. Yeah. yeah so like on, on that like little... On, on the, the tank. tank. On it's the on tank. the tank. Yeah. yeah. And so Colleen Camp comes in here now and she... I don't know what happens here. I thought it was a joke about how she's trying to sell him on the house, but she becomes instantly turned on by him and wants to have sex with him. Like I want to grab you by the... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Look, I'm not this open with every guy that comes along, you know. I let my urges build. Do you know what that means? I'm ready for some good, healthy sex with you right now, if possible, right here on this toilet. I understand. Oh, but I have a girlfriend. She's in Buffalo, Grandma. I'm right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was so random and, and out there. It just happened out of nowhere. She just suddenly got turned on so by him. So she's jumping on him, ready to go, and he's not into it. And he goes, I'll buy the house. 
So yeah. I thought that was a joke where she was trying to push him into buying the house yeah. just to get rid and of her. You know what? It kind of worked though, if, even if that wasn't her. It comes motive. back, so it's not what we thought. Yeah. Right. So then he he buys the house and he. So he's moving in. This is the craziest thing. So he's moving in. He's moving all his stuff in, and you know he hears somebody in the house, like in the sink. I think the first night he's sleeping there. The right? very first night he moves in. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he walks pulls in all his things into the house, and you know he's moving his boxes in, and he hears somebody at the sink. It's this absolutely gross, disgusting, well, vagrant, Cartoon. yeah, cartoonish <laughs> vagrant. Um, and he's doing something in the sink. Um, he doesn't see Bill Paxton at all. But he finishes up and he gets his crap and he, he leaves. So Bill Paxton becomes fixated and he's like, what is this guy doing in, in my house? Yeah. You know? And uh, and he watches him out the window and watches him yeah, walk away. He didn't stop him. He let him leave. He just let him leave. Through the back door. And he's got um, a suitcase on wheels. Like he put together like a shopping cart wheels. But he also is smart enough to have cranks and levers that for some reason when he pulls his bags, it rings bells. Yes, it, it's, I, it's bizarre. I feel like you're probably thinking right now, why is he bringing this up? Because we see this and we hear this constantly throughout the film. It's, I, mean, I don't... Whatever. Uh, but, a lot yeah. we see So it. he watches him out the window, like you were saying. Yeah, so he gets obsessed with the presence of this this guy who just helps himself to walk, you know, walk into his house and helps himself to the water and the sink and whatever he's doing. And uh, things go crazy from there. Yeah, he, he calls his friend. I guess it's his friend. His friend, they, he, yeah. He's he, the best friend you can ever have, by the way. He He's hilarious, but he also stays with you even when you say the craziest thing. Okay, look, I'm going to get you Brianna's cousin's number. He just opened up an office. No! My God, if it's true. And some shrink figured it out and and called the police. Graham, let go. I mean, what if the authorities actually found out I killed her? And how is everything, gentlemen? Can I see the dessert menu? What's currently happens oh throughout my gosh. this film after yeah. this He's like the best um, friend. His name is Mark McClure, the actor. He's, you know him from Mar- um, Back to the Future as Marty McFly's brother. Yeah, he plays Dave McFly. Yep. You'll know him. He's tall and skinny. He uh, he helps him install a brand new door. And now this door, it looks so fake. It's it looks got- like a piece of wood that matches the walls. <laughs> it's got a deadbolt, though. <laughs> yeah, he puts a deadbolt in. He helps him do all that. And basically, you find out, like, Bill, well, Krakowski doesn't want to, <laughs> he's not comfortable with the vagrant. And that's, was I mean, in his house. I wouldn't be comfortable would. either because yeah. he might come back, you know? So that, so the friend's like, hey, do you want me to sleep here tonight? And he's like, no. Cut to the scene is the joke. He is sleeping there. He's staying with him. So he's sleeping on the couch and um, it's the middle of the night. And then we see Krakowski having a nightmare. And in that nightmare, he sees that the vagrant is in the house again. Well, at least we think it might be a nightmare. It might also be happening. But the vagrant's standing above his bed, and he's removing the light socket from the wall, or the plate that makes the lights, you know, that covers the light socket. Mm -hmm. And so this leads Krakowski to jump up, freak out, and search the house, and then attack 
his friend on the couch who wakes <laughs> who up seeing sleeping. him almost choking him and he freaks out what the hell are you doing you know and he's like were you sleepwalking and he goes i guess i thought the vagrant was in the house yeah he starts having like a total meltdown thinking that this guy is literally just walking around his house yeah. and taking random items from his house in the middle well, of the night he goes upstairs and they look at the the light it's not missing it's not missing. so it didn't happen it was a nightmare right so we're like, okay, is this shit going on in his head? What is going on here? This is the rest of the film from here on in. It this is, is what continues to happen. It gets film. crazier and crazier. Now, what's really wild is we start seeing this guy's life a little more. He sees this guy living next door, you know, that vagrant in that lot. He wants him out of there. He can't take it. So well, he, he couldn't be more gross, so I would want him out of there too. Yeah, and can we talk about the actor? This is an actor, another actor yes. you have seen in every single... Marshall Bell. Sci-fi action film. He's always a villain. He's in Total Recall, Starship yep. Troopers, Yep. Um, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, uh, Stand By Me, Reservoir He's the father. Da- well, he's in a bunch of stuff. He, he, you, you'll recognize him instantly, but he, he's covered in makeup and he's got a white eye and he is... He looks like a caveman, so yeah. you can really not tell it's him, but we, we instantly knew. But Is that like, that guy? Film, film buffs will know yeah. that actor. Like, you'll know when you see him, even though he's gross and he's covered in sludge. Yeah. So, he decides to call the police, and he tries to get the cops to come and get the vagrant, because he doesn't want him there anymore, you know? And he's really worried. He's like, he he's breaking into my house. Now, there's no proof of this, but the cops come, and he now gets obsessed with the idea that... Maybe we can lock him up. Well, he says... He's using the bushes to urinate in and... You've seen him urinating? Well... Be honest. Well, no, I haven't actually seen him, but my God, if you smell those bushes... Circumstantial, you've got no case. No, wait, Buzz. If we can find a cooperating witness, we could make the urination stick. Uh, he's peeing all over the place. And they're like, wait a minute. The cops are like, now interested. Wait a minute. Have you seen him pissing? <laughs> yeah, right? like they couldn't do anything when he was breaking and <laughs> entering. But now because he's urinating in public, they can somehow arrest him now. There's two cops. One cop in particular gets very excited about this. And he goes, did you see it? And he's like, well. And he goes, look, if you can find neighbors around here, we're going to get this guy on the pissing. <laughs> right? So then they go to a neighbor's house. And he hasn't met this neighbor yet. But it's an old woman. A, a, again, a cartoon character comes out. She's com- comical. Oh, she's a parody character. of herself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm Officer Shat. Ma'am, have you witnessed a man urinating in those bushes over there? Urinating? Well, he better hadn't urinate back there. He's over there right now. Quick, I think he's getting ready to urinate. Should I call a backup? No time. No time. She can't hear. She's alone in the house, and she whatever but they're like hey have you seen the vagrant pissing next to your house because she lives next to the actual lot that's Mm -hmm. empty and she's like is that who's been peeing all over the place and so they go and get the vagrant and the cops arrest him for for urinating in public though not for breaking and entering which no they're really excited about this and they have a witness um (laughs) so they arrest him and bill and krakowski is a is really, really into this. I should stop calling him that because his name isn't even that. I just love it. Yeah, his name is Graham. <laughs> yeah. Pax, Bill Paxson, he's like really excited. I got rid of the vagrant. Everything's great. And we find out that he has a girlfriend. Now, this situation here is interesting. The most bizarre add-in to a movie that I've seen in a long time. I mean, she doesn't live in the same state as him. 
So she flies in. She has about, this is so random and ridiculous that we have to mention it. She has about, I don't know, 16 bags with her, some luggage. Uh, like, before, like she's moving in to the before house. Before we say that, I forgot. I skipped over. I, I don't, She left a message that she was coming into town. He was excited about right, it. Right. So, but the vagrant got out of jail. Oh, yes. Before she comes in. He got out of jail. And he, we keep seeing, Paxton keeps seeing this image. He keeps appearing in his house, in his nightmares. He keeps freaking out. And he keeps seeing him staring in his windows and laughing at him. Yeah, it's creepy. And he gets so obsessed that he hires a crew to install an entire base of lights around his house. And they make a wall. It's comical. It's, it's it, insane. Like he okay. He makes so this a guy, like literally. I'm sorry, we're jumping around so much, guys. But like this movie is insane. Um, so he makes a fortress. Literally has this crew of about 20 people coming in, putting all kind of spotlights, um, motion sensors, a big a fence with a gate electronic. that it's electronic. I mean, just the biggest security system we, you can ever imagine. And when we say gate, it's not a fence. It's an actual wall of wood. It's an actual wall. It's oh, not, yeah. It doesn't it's, even look like it had like a fence. There's no it's just like, a wall. You can't see through it. It's just a wall. And it, he like literally reinforces this house so that nobody could possibly get in here. Around this time, I'm still on the board thinking, this is actually kind of funny. It was funny. I couldn't believe what right. I was seeing. It was like so ridiculous. Like at some point I was like, all right, we have to get an answer to what's really going on here because I can't believe that they let, you know, this guy come back to the same spot and, and squat there. Do, you know? And we do not find out why he was released. We don't know anything about that. He's yeah. just out of jail. He's just out of jail. And he's back in the, the lot. And his girlfriend comes in. Yeah, she, she, she gets it she from the airport. comes in from the airport and that's what you were saying with the bags. Yeah, with like about 17 bags as if she was like moving in. It and was he has really a, weird. He has a small car that everybody loved back in the late 90s. Those little tiny Oh, it was like cars. a little like Miata or so, something. So yeah, it's really comical that she's got he's got all the luggage in there and she comes in and she it's hard to tell like what her motivations are. But she instantly sees the outside of the house and she's like, "Wow, that's really interesting." Then she sees the inside, and it's kind of a dump. And she's like, were you waiting for me to get furniture? So then he's like, yeah, I guess so. Anything to be with you, basically. He's like a pushover for her. He's yeah, mind completely you, head over he has no freaking money, okay? He has no money. And he used it all on the electronics around the house. Yeah, so he used everything that he had. He actually took out a loan, he said, to yeah. get all that electronics stuff. It's like and a so he, Yeah, it's like a mortgage. And he... So he reinforced this house. So this this woman's all like, oh, you just have this crappy furniture. You know, let's get you some new furniture. So he has to use his credit cards and has no money to get this furniture. And the funniest really, part is the furniture is the tackiest. It's tacky Western, as fuck. Uh, it's like uh, Art Deco Western. It's like if you lived like, and you know, we live in Florida, but if you lived in like Florida and you were, you know, 80. And you lived in a retirement home and you had that floral, those floral couches and the floral uh, dining table set and all yeah. that crap. It was just gross. Yeah. It, it was reminiscent of 1985 Florida yeah, retirement home. There's cactuses on the wall. Everything is like pinks and, and, and uh, like 
aqua? It was gross. So I had the impression she was moving in with him, right? Because yeah. she just decorated it with whatever well, maybe shit she was she wanted. going to. Because maybe everything's going aces for him at this point because yeah. he's got the girl that he loves at his house. Yeah. She is into she's him. Very they, pretty. She's very pretty. She didn't do anything else. I don't think she did a lot um, of things after this. Mitzi but, Capture is her name, cool um, name. She um she comes there and uh basically they're great. And he goes to work and he finds out like everything at work is going great. The boss, uh I think he was in Mannequin Two, which I, I'm the only one that loves. Okay, I know you um, love Mannequin 2, but we're going to have to move on from that. that. I can't. That Mannequin guy, 1 is better, but anyway, let's go on. The uh, the boss is played by the boss from that movie, and he is so funny. He's one of these actors that you do not see enough, and I don't know why. He was always really funny back in the uh, the early 90s and uh, late 80s. And how'd you like to see yourself fired right this very minute? I, I wouldn't like that at all, sir. Because I have no intention of doing it. <laughs> Good man, Krakowski. You do your job. You dress neatly. Why, thank you, sir. Don't you suck up to me. Nobody likes an ass kisser. And he, um, he basically gives him a promotion because there's a guy who speaks the same a language that he thinks that he can speak. Yeah. Um. So suddenly he's he's like Czechoslovakian. Or something? Who knows? Okay. He can't really speak it, but he says he something can't... offensive to him. And uh, for some reason, it gets him a promotion. So everything's going great. So he goes to get flowers for his girlfriend. He's going to tell her, hey, you know. Uh, I just I, got a promotion. I got here's a promotion. some chocolates. Here's yeah. some balloons. He's all ready to party with her. Like, he's like, yeah. so happy. Everything's going great. But when he's driving home, he sees, and I don't know where this is located that makes him want to stop and pull up to it. But there's a lot of cops and there's a huge camera crew and a big crowd of people around a dumpster and this is one of the parts that is so overboard comical we find <laughs> out that there's a body in the dumpster and it's the old woman it's the neighbor it's the old woman neighbor yeah so i mean only one person could have done this right well, that well, we're like assuming i mean who the hell else have we met in this movie that's going to commit murder and also he thinks because they ratted on the vagrant for peeing right he he she's he's got revenge what i don't really know what's going through his brain but he instantly jumps to that conclusion and freaks out he's like oh my god she won't answer the phone because he's calling her she's not answering the phone he starts freaking out because he left her at home when he was working um so he drives back and um he runs in the 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 back door for some reason that's also bizarre. Well, he doesn't no, go he, to the front door. I, yeah, he goes to the back door. I don't know why it that was make not explained. But and he instantly falls, which we thought this must have happened. I think he on really accident. fell on like in, in real life. Like I think he it wasn't planned. Yeah, the reason he falls is because sitting at his dining room table is the vagrant eating, and now the the vagrant makes a face at him. He just goes Rah! at him. It and is so weird. He's so creeped out. And then he starts freaking out, where is she? So he goes upstairs, he sees that someone's in the shower, and he opens up the shower, and it's her in the shower. And he's freaking out, what are you doing? What's happening? Oh my god, why is the vagrant in the house? And she's like, what vagrant? He's just a homeless man that needs some food. I let him in the house to have dinner. He got in the house somehow. He's in the kitchen right now. What are you talking about? 
Mrs. Howler's been murdered. There's this vagrant who lives across the street. He did it, I know it, and now he's in the kitchen. Graham, calm down. The man in the kitchen is just a poor homeless person. He was digging in the garbage cans for food. What? I invited him in for a sandwich. You invited him in here? And you're taking a shower without any clothes on? Are you nuts? No, Graham, I'm not. Christ, how could you? I, 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 I spent a fortune on, on, on lawns and boards, and, and you just let him walk in here? You know, I don't know what your problem is, but that man in the kitchen is not a murderer. He is, Edie, he is. How could you be so stupid? You know, you're acting like a maniac. Now get out of the bathroom. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, you went to take a fucking shower? Yeah, which like, we were saying the whole that? thing too. Like, like, I'm like, who lets a freaking, um, a homeless person in their house, he could be fucked in the head or something wrong with him, yeah. and you let him in the house? That's one thing. But then letting him in the, in the house and feeding him is one thing. But then you go and take a shower and get naked? Yeah. Are you crazy? She left a homeless man in the house and took a shower. Like, this is, again... It, it, it's wild. The stupidest person on earth. I have no idea what is going on in her head. So Bill Paxton starts screaming at her. Because everything we're saying, he literally says to her. Yes, he goes, like, what are you stupid? with yeah. you? It's so funny. <laughs> and she's like, well... Heff you, you know, like you're being a real jerk. And he's freaking out. Put some fucking clothes on, you know. And then he calls the cops. And then we have another legendary um, character actor show up as one of the detectives. It's Michael Ironside. And he is, I've never, I don't think I've seen him in comedies. Well, but that's he's... the thing. See, I thought that the movie was going to take a, a more like dramatic turn because I saw him and I'm like, okay, he doesn't do comedy. This is going to take a darker turn yeah, well, right Bill now. Well, Bill Paxton too. Not, I mean, not really known for this kind of stuff. But Michael Ironside is instantly picking his nose and flicking boogers I in mean, the house. So it's just we, we're gross. like, we're okay. <laughs> what the hell, right? And he, he's telling him, that he knows the vagrant killed the neighbor. Okay? And they're well, like... Bill Paxton's saying this to Michael Ironside. Yeah, and then uh, Michael Ironside's in his face. There's another cop with him, too. And there, he's in his face, and he's like, why? You know, what What do you think this... Why Why did you think... Why was the vagrant in the house? And he's like, this... My girlfriend let him in and gave him food. And he's like, who? Who is this girl? What is this girl? And he's she's literally standing behind him, and he's like... She's literally standing next to you. And he goes, oh, crap. And like, just she, to show you, he's the worst detective on earth. Yeah, and also, she still has not put on clothes. Oh, she's in a towel. So that's, you know, she's She came just, in a bathrobe downstairs to yeah. be with the detectives. Yeah. And the detective, of course, my client side is checking her out hardcore. Like, he literally, like, you know, eases up. Like, he's, like, scooching in on her. Like, yeah. And so she had to, like, move. It was just creepy. Everything about Michael Ironside entering the scene is just bizarre i feel like everything we're saying sounds funnier than what was really going on what is really like, happening it, i mean my jaw was on the floor because i'm like is this really what is what yeah because there's a part where you think this is a horror movie right that's what i thought is this a comedy or a horror movie is this a spoof what is this movie is this a dark comedy i, I don't know we couldn't figure it out so he basically is like yeah, you have no evidence. There's no reason to think that he's doing anything bad, but we're going to watch you, Krakowski. He, he, all he calls him something else, too. No one can say his name. That's yeah. a running joke in the movie. I don't movie. think he calls him by his real name. It's something else. I think it's like Bukowski. It's, it's, always, it's all a joke about what the scenario is, like kind of a thing. Well, right after that, his girlfriend takes off. She leaves him. 
And he's like, I'm sorry for calling you. Thanks. But she just gets a cab and she's out. She's out. She says, I hope you feel, I hope you can learn to be a better person virtually. Yeah. Like it was just so bizarre. She just, there was really no reason for her to enter this world at all. I totally forgot too. He has a nightmare before this happens um, where the vagrant is having sex with her. Yeah. It is insane. I mean, the way that this, this vagrant has impacted his life in like just a couple of weeks time it, it's insane. Like, I don't even think it's been weeks. I Instantly. think it's been like, I mean, a couple of days the to be day honest. The day he moves in. Yeah, the day, since the day he moves in and then sporadically things were happening and he was just showing up and yeah. like, you know, and, and Bill Paxton becomes literally obsessed with this vehicle. Absolutely obsessed. Obsessed. And, the, and again, there's there are some parts that had me laughing. The Krakowski joke, the, there's a couple other things. Michael Ironside was making me laugh a little bit. But the thing that really made me laugh was there's a news report about the dead woman in the trash can. And they give specifics, but they say the funniest stuff uh, you've ever heard on the news. They're saying, A bizarre, senseless, and likely to be sensationalized murder took place last night. The body of its victim, Mrs. Harry P. Howler, a widow, was found in this sour-smelling garbage container behind Sweeney's Buffet in Slackmore Flats just after 3 p.m. Authorities described the murder as bizarre, one of the sickest things ever seen. A late-breaking development in this bizarre case. The county coroner's autopsy report contains a startling detail. It said quite simply, and I quote, the victim's eight fingers and two thumbs have been severed from the body. Oh my God. Police sources indicate that those fingers and thumbs have not been located at this time. The coroner's report added that the victim had not, repeat, had not been sexually molested. Dixie? We'll have sports and weather after this. This stinky dumpster. Um, her fingers were all severed. Uh, it, it's just crazy. Things uh, that you wouldn't hear on a news report. She wasn't sexually abused. She wasn't sexually maybe. abused. <laughs> yeah, and I think someone even in the background went, ew. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> It was so Stupid, like what is going on? Who does it's this? It's so wild. So like, he's getting more and more paranoid because of this. And yeah, he gets more and more paranoid. His dreams become more and more frequent. And he's just completely thinking this guy is trying to just destroy his life. More so, his sleepwalking mm-hmm. is becoming more intense. And he's doing crazy things. Yeah. The house starts becoming trashed. He starts trashing the house. He's removing doors. He's removing things off the wall. The walls are literally coming down around him. We don't see it, but he keeps waking up to find out that the alarm has been severed. Yeah. He's late for work. He Everything's getting more and more insane. Like things have been like all like moved in the house and his glasses were broken his on his nightstand. On like side. It was like someone did that on purpose. And so he starts losing his shit. And so he calls Colleen Camp, who's the realtor. And he's, you know, tells her, I, I need help. I need to sell this house. I need to sell this house. So she comes over and... Which we don't, I don't even think we see the phone call. We don't see the she phone call. We up. find that out later. And he's got a shotgun. Because at this point, he's full on insane. Yeah. He, yeah. She comes is... over. There's a, he's got a shotgun. The house is in disarray. It's it's bunkers. So he, you know, he's like, look, I have to sell this house. You know, whatever. She and, shows up at the door. Yeah. And, and she's like... Oh, I thought you wanted to have sex. And she starts like almost, um, I, I don't want to say it because it's uh, obscene, but touching the shotgun in a way that um, yeah, she... is inappropriate. 
So, like I say, she's you know, phallically grabbing this thing and stroking the uh, shotgun. Okay, excited. so she's stroking she the says, shotgun. She says to him, I got your message about the house. I, I guess I should have called first. How'd you get in? The gate. It, it was open. Do you hunt? What? No, no, I... I've had financial problems. That's why I want to sell the house. Well, if you don't mind the late hour, Graham, I'd... I'd like to come in and tell you how much I'd like to handle your property. Do you hunt? Yeah. And she's very horny. And they have sex. But, yeah, so they have sex. And then the next morning, the house is fucking... It's destroyed. It's fucked up. It's like the, the whole bedroom, it's like... A torn up. I mean, everything is yeah. everywhere. It's a mess. So she's gone and she, she finds this note that says, oh, you know, thanks for last night. It was wonderful, blah, blah, blah. Her and car is still in front. We we, we noticed it. Yeah. Like, the car is still the there. The car is still there. So what's going on? Yeah. And he now smells something. Right. And this is really funny. He smells something and he wanders around the house in his disarray. He is messed up. He's out of his mind at this point. And... He's lee he follows the scent down to the basement. Well now, by the way, we never knew there was a basement in this movie. They never show it, they never talked about it once. Suddenly there's a basement, he goes down to it, and he leads the scent up to a rat on the table. Yeah. Which he he picks up, smells, puts back into a jar, and then wipes his nose with the fingers and then realizes he'd done it. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then he follows the smell further. And finds a box of chocolates. Like, I thought he was dreaming. And when he was doing Couldn't all this, tell. I still thought he was dreaming at this point. Don't know like, what this what is. What is he doing? He's touching a rat. He's touching his face. He's sniffing things. Like, it's I thought wild. he was having some kind of, like, crazy nightmare. It yeah. just and, didn't and, seem real. And he opens the box of chocolates to find the woman's severed fingers. Yeah, the old woman's severed fingers with the big diamond on, on, the, on, the, on the ring finger. Yeah. And that's the smell. But then suddenly, right next to where the fingers were, the vagrant is there, and he's laughing. And it turns out that he has a door in the basement? Yeah, it's one of those storm cellar, like, you know, it's like a storm cellar door. Is that what that was? You know, yeah. And it seemed like the whole wall opened up. I no, didn't know it what the was hell like was a, it was a storm cellar door, and I guess he didn't wow. even, Bill Paxton didn't even know it was well, then there. then how did he get out? Because he had his bags. He walked straight out. Did he, he would have to have walked upstairs. Well, maybe he, I don't know. I'm telling I'm you, I don't understand this no movie. Idea. Yeah. So there was a door. So he walks, he, he gets his crap and he walks out. And again, Bill Paxton's calling the police. So no, no. At this moment, at the same moment, the cops are outside well, you know, he, Yeah, He doesn't even have to call the police because they're already outside, like closing in on his property because they think that he's responsible for Killing the old woman. Well, okay. This part is crazy. It's bonkers. They drill holes across his wall <laughs> of the, his, his fence. fence or wall to or put whatever. their gun, uh, you know, nozzles through or whatever the hell you call it, barrels. And they're all, there's like a like hundred SWAT nozzles. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, the, the SWAT team, there's 20 people. And they're all comically aiming at the house. He comes to the door like... Uh, the vagrant. He's got it's a shotgun vagrant. in it's his hand. Big, yeah. So they unload on him. They don't even say anything. They just unload on him. He gets away. 
into the kitchen. And then they come in and they find him, and he's like, I don't know what's happening anymore. What's happening? And Michael Which Ironside's my sentiment, like, sentiment, exactly. Because I, I was I, like, what, what is happening? I couldn't even focus <laughs> in this movie. I, I was so, oh, what is this? Right? And the Michael Ironside says, well, we know that you killed him. He's like, I got the fingers in the basement, you know? I think we're mixing two parts. I think this might have happened in two different spots because... Does it really matter? It doesn't really matter (laughs) because he he basically... You know what? I know we are because uh, he does call the cops to find the fingers and his friend comes and everybody's saying, I didn't do it. The the vagrant was in the basement. But so, yeah, and there was a whole scene from that. But now this is another time where Colin Camp's missing. Well, she left uh, left apparently, but her car's there. Her car's there. So they shoot him up, his house up, and he completely riddle it like Swiss cheese. And they walk up to him and they say, we know you killed the old woman. And now we know that the uh, real estate woman's missing. And he's like, no, she left. She was here last night. And he's like, she's been missing for like a week. Right? And her car is sitting outside your house. And he's like, that's impossible. It was last night. They open. For, this is the best part. The, the second cop goes, oh, my God, in here. Some reason this guy opened up the refrigerator. And he fucked. What, yeah, why would who he open up a refrigerator in someone else's house? But okay, and he what opens he it up and he there? finds what seems to be. Oh, I guess the cop does say that they found Colleen Camp's body without her head and her feet and her hands. So what we find in the refrigerator is her head, her feet, and her hands tied together in like a picnic basket <laughs> like type a scenario. Crock pot or yeah. something. <laughs> what a, whatever. Like her body parts in there. Yeah. And like how did this happen? How, what so is we're happening? thinking, okay, at this point let me just let me just interject and tell you what I'm thinking at this moment. You sure you don't want to say it at the end what we wish and what we, well, we got? Well, I'm telling you what I'm thinking at this moment. I'll tell you what I wish at the end. But what I'm thinking right now is that okay, this guy has financial problems. He hates his job. He just got a promotion. Yeah, well, he was still down on his luck before he got the promotion. But his bosses are real dick to him. But he, his girl left him. Not so, the worst boss. I mean, he's a bad boss, but not the worst. Not so the it worst. seems strange. Like not if, the worst. If he was a bad boss, I would say that makes him a little sense. He was a snarky little, you know, little snarky I shit. I guess. He's but just an idiot. Yeah. He, um, you know, so he, he, I felt like at this point in the movie, my theory of what was happening in this movie was... That Bill Paxton, you know, he he was just losing his mind. He was just going crazy. He was uh, envisioning that this guy was stalking his life, this vagrant. And the, the vagrant really wasn't stalking his life. Well, you're kind of giving the ending away here. I That's mean, why I wanted to wait. You know, to the, you know, to the extent that he's he sees him everywhere. You know, every he's like... Anyway, so Bill Paxton, I felt in at this point in the movie that Bill Paxton was literally losing his mind because uh, that's after what the movie wants you to think. his girl left him, the house, he just tore up the house. Everything was in disarray. Everything was crazy. I felt like he was just losing his mind and all of this was going on in his head, that there was no vagrant. He was just making shit up in his head and he just had gone mental. It, it's it's just crazy. I know it was um, trying to be funny, but it, I was I like, I don't understand what this movie is trying yeah. to be at so, this point. So yeah, so then yeah, so at this point he goes to jail. And then they have a trial. Right? And this is where the movie basically turns to a whole new thing. <laughs> it turns, yes. It, it turns into and this, like this half, although there's one joke here that is the best joke in the movie. We'll get to that in a minute, but the, this is where the movie turns to completely terrible to me. It's just bad. Uh, he goes to trial and his mother 
is brought on to defend the, him. On the stand. On the stand. And she, they like berate her and they tell her, did you know your son was always a serial killer or like a crazy person? And he's like, she's like, no. Well, what about that one time that he uh, hit a kid? And she's like, he was five years old. And they're like, so it's a yes. And she's like, no, he's five. You don't understand. He's a good boy. And then she has a heart attack and dies on the stand. The whole court freaks out. And the, the jurors are like, aw, he lost his mother. He should be freed. Yeah. So it's a mistrial and he gets off. The ridiculous thing I've ever... They found body parts in his refrigerator. Two dead people's body two, parts. Yeah, two dead people's body parts in his home. And because his mother just died of a heart attack in front of him, he's... Suddenly, just not you Free, know yeah. he's he's not going to jail. He he we can't send him to jail, poor thing. And this is the best part. They Scott have, lost his mind. I laughed. This was this was <laughs> the funniest part in the whole movie. Um, they have uh, that camera that the news reporter is back again. That was reading the funny stuff about the trash can. She now tells us. She says. He lost his mother today and uh, in court, and he's freed on whatever. And on the camera, we see they're walking her dead body down the stairs <laughs> the on the side of him while all these news reporters are watching. The stretchers let go, and this woman's body, body flies down like a toboggan. It's insane. <laughs> I, I laughed so friggin' hard. I thought this was so funny. And you're just watching... Bill Paxton's <laughs> sad face, watching his mother fly down the stairs. Like he looks it's like he's just so TV. distraught. And it's on live TV. It's on live like TV. His, it's his amazing. mother just died, and he, oh, it's his, so good. His whole life is in like complete shambles. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that <laughs> I'm like, what can we do from here? And and he's free. <sighs> Not guilty, my ass. That pinkle pussy jury went soft when the son of a bitch's old lady bought it. So then we just cut to a scene where he goes, uh, uh, he leaves. So he packs up whatever he had left, not much. He gets a, a crappy car. He sells whatever he had left. Everything's gone. He's, his life is ruined. And he just goes on the land. He just runs. He just basically drives away. He just drives away. And he and ends up at a motorhome. And now we get new characters and then a new yeah. plot line. So we thought that the movie would end with some kind of answer after the court scene. It did not. It, it just keeps going. It continued going on and I was just flabbergasted because I was like, at some point this shit has to end. Like, we have to get some kind of a, you know, a reconciliation of all these moving parts. Like, yeah. we, what is happening? He moves into a motorhome befriends a blind man and has starts having sex with a alcoholic woman who's in the, the car next to him who he asks to handcuff him because he thinks he is a serial killer and she gladly not only handcuffs him but starts having sex with him she is wild the actress the playing this woman um and then we get a scene where the blind man and bill paxton start talking about her panty problem i want to thank you I mean, people have been telling me about the mighty fine job you're doing around here. Mighty fine, son. Say, man. Uh, how's Doty been treating you? Good? Yeah. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> None from her either. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, there's one little one. Son, she don't want to hurt your feelings, none. But she told me that she was getting mighty tired of buying new underwear. <laughs> what? Wait a second. 
She wants me to buy her new underwear? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She wants you to keep your hands off the old ones. In what way? Well, she, she said she was getting mighty tired of waking up every morning and finding a pair of her drawers in the kitchen with a big old hole cut down the middle. Now, look, I know that each man got his own special thing. Hell, I'm a man myself. So, so why don't you send off for a pair of them real frilly drawers uh, that already got the split down the middle? But I Enough didn't... said. It ain't my goddamn business anyway, okay? And, uh... She said she don't want these no more. I'll be right back. Why? Why is this blind man the go-between between this relationship? That's that's the only problem with what's happening in the plot right now. I, I just like, the scene. I was like, what I mean, is this? We this have is so no idea. Odd. Like, what is this scene? Like, why are we going from the the corpse? You know falling down the stairs like like a toboggan to because this is where the movie goes because the movie just moves on and like this this blind man his name is x-ray by the way oh that's right x-ray x-ray and um and it does none of this makes any sense yeah i agree we're like okay so he's at rock bottom he's at this trailer park now and he's like the manager of the trailer park and I'm like, this movie took such a turn. I don't know where we are. I didn't know where we were in the beginning. In the first hour of the movie, I had yeah. no idea where we were. I mean, Absolutely. it was a hot mess. And now all of a sudden, it got worse. It got so much worse. Like, what is happening? This isn't even about the vagrant anymore. It's not yeah. even about Bill Paxton's state of mind anymore. He's at a trailer park, and he's banging some girl who's, like, obsessed with underwear. It, I don't know what's going on. She's an alcoholic who's, like, obsessed with making food uh, it is so know. odd. It, it and then we just get a scene with like he he gets the underwear back and then he's like, oh, something's wrong with me still. And then we start having the nightmares again. Mm-hmm. That the vagrant is at the trailer park. He starts having nightmares about the vagrant again. And then the blind man's dog is murdered. Yes. And it's hanging from the clothesline outside. <laughs> He walks into it and slams into it. He also it's wakes so up with weird. a comical butcher. It's um, a cleaver. Cleaver. He wakes up. Bill Paxton Completely wakes up with a blood. cleaver covered in blood on his chest. Yeah. So we're like, okay. So I don't know. He then we find the dog. That's when he finds the dog. They he's want like, us oh, to know that he I, did I, it. I killed the dog. Right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, the vagrant's back. And then he goes out there. Now X-ray, the blind man, finds his dog dead and flips. Starts. Well, first off, he's blind. He walks into it. I don't know how he knows it's his dog hanging from the thing. Well, he felt it. And I guess, you know, not a lot of things hang that have hair. I guess. So he starts <laughs> freaking out and has a heart attack and dies. And then... So X-ray's dead. X-ray's which, dead. Wh what's happening? Okay. He goes on the run. He starts swinging the cleaver at all the people in the in the motorhome. Because like screaming at him. They're like, oh my God, what did you do? He's yeah. covered in blood. He killed the dog, his supposedly. girlfriend's like... Honey, calm the hell down. Yeah. He's flipping out, freaking out. He's at the vagrant's back. Then we cut to the vagrant's back. The vagrant is literally there. back. He's we cut there. To, we, we, there's a mine or something, and he's in the in the cave, and he's laughing. He, he has Paxton's glasses that he had cut, I guess, that had been cut earlier. He's wearing them, and he's laughing at them. And 
I don't even know how this connects here. You would have to help me here because this is where I started literally checking okay, out. I, I, I'm sitting there looking at this. I'm watching this movie. I am completely involved in it. And I still don't understand what is going on right the now. The vagrant is real. Okay, but if he traveled out, who knows how far how away. How even know where he went? How did the vagrant get to wherever he was? Was he hiding in his car? That's impossible. I, I, what, like Cape Fear. I, I don't know. It would be I don't impossible know. for that to happen. So what we're told now, in the worst thing I've ever... It's just so bad that the vagrant was really doing everything that we saw in this film. That yeah. Paxton was right. It wasn't that, all in his head. It wasn't in his head. I, I don't know how that makes any sense. Because what we're told is that the vagrant is actually a, a man mm-hmm. who pretends to be a vagrant. To make people go crazy. Okay, well, he's here's a, the thing. He's a he doctor. Is a, so Bill Paxton was, I don't know what happened, but he came upon the vagrant's little cart that he carries his stuff in. And he found a book that had clippings and all sorts of things about himself in it. Apparently, he's That is a, the worst thing, by the way, and villains do. In terrible. Movies. Yes, he always, they, they keep always stuff keep on stuff themselves. on themselves. So, oh so this guy was a former psychiatrist who completely lost his mind. He did. And okay. wanted to do an experiment on Bill Paxton. When he moved into the house, he thought, oh, hey, this is a good test subject. And he wanted to do an experiment on Bill Paxton to basically see how mad he could drive him. That was the point of it all. And he was just basically a test subject for this guy who used to be a psychiatrist. He got in trouble because of, I guess, his methods were pretty, um, you know, <laughs> not customary. Um, unconventional, unconventional methods. So, yeah. So he actually um, lost his medical license and he couldn't practice psychiatry anymore. So he became, you know, homeless, a vagrant, whatever. And he saw Bill Paxton when he moved into the house as an opportunity to do an experiment on him and just fuck with his life. I don't get this. Okay, so uh, this is one of those rare occasions where if you watch a movie over a second time with the knowledge that you have of the twist, it actually makes it worse. Because you're going to sit here for the first hour thinking there is no friggin' way that this was all conducted by somebody making him crazy. Because Bill Paxton's character goes nuts instantaneously yeah. for no reason. Right. I mean, I wouldn't like a vagrant either. I wouldn't like a homeless man. We've, we've had neighbors that have been crazy in yeah. our places that we've lived in our lives. I wouldn't say that I would flip out and lose my mind. I live with it. You live with it. Right. I mean, unless you know? he's doing something utterly criminal. He like, doesn't you do know, anything, but really. But he's really not. He's just there, and Bill Paxton thinks that he's stalking his life, which well, in reality, he kind of is, but he's... Not to the extent of, but, you know... But the nightmares, the things that he's seeing in the nightmares aren't really happening. If they were, it would be a different story. Yes, but they are happening because Colleen no. Camp is technically, she's dead. I know that, but so that never happened in his nightmare. Who killed her? In his her? nightmare, he was removing things from the house. He was doing all these things in the right. house. None of those things None ever happened. None of those things happened. So, the so nightmares, that means that Bill Paxton's just literally having nightmares. He's just having nightmares, it, yeah. It, it, 
It doesn't make any. It doesn't. Sense. It doesn't um, correspond to the the actual reality of what's happening. Whereas he is this vagrant is killing people. He killed the old woman. He killed Colleen Camp, and he dismembered their bodies and threw them in his house, in I, Bill Paxton's house. And that so, wouldn't make anybody crazy. So what's right. the experiment there? There's no experiment. Right. The experiment is dropping acid in this guy's water and right. letting him go nuts. And, well, and, he just wanted to ruin his life. It just seemed he, like because his life was ruined. Apparently, he found the easiest test subject in the world. It, is it didn't take long. Yeah, it was not. Instant. It was not really a test subject at all. It was no. pretty easy for him to drive Terrible. this guy mad. So, um, so he was. Can you tell me how it ends? Because I so, cannot for the life of me yes, remember. Yes, it's absolutely it. insane. Okay, so how how Michael Ironside and his detective partner find that's right find Bill Paxton and why they find Bill Paxton? Ah, oops, a Daisy. Sorry. Ma'am, have you seen this man driving a blue 78 Ford station wagon? You mean like the one on fire out there? Krowski. Um, We learn, okay, this is the most ridiculous ending to a movie I have seen in quite some time. So Michael Ironside and his partner are... Um, trying to locate Bill Paxton. They know that he's living in this trailer park now and whatever. Why are they going there? Do so they know he's innocent? I'm getting to that. So okay. they're going to to find him and they walk into this big mess of, it, it looks like they're in a warehouse or something. He's trying to fight this, the, the vagrant. You know, oh, they're, okay. the Bill Paxton's fighting the vagrant and he has, a, I believe he has a gun or a machete or something to try and defend himself. And Michael Ironside and his partner somehow find them and the vagrant kills Michael Ironside. Kills him and brace yourself for this with a chair through the chest. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. It, it's the most comical, ridiculous thing. So it's actually um, where they were was like a... Um, an amusement park. It was like a haunted attraction that was like closed for the summer or something. Okay. So everything in there was like, you know, creepy and whatever. And so they're running through there and Vagrant trying to kill Bill Paxton and Bill Paxton trying to kill the Vagrant. And then Michael Ironside and his partner walk in. They have a struggle and Michael Ironside gets a yeah. chair through the chest. Okay. All four legs of the chair go through his, through shirt his chest. And his jacket too. Through I, all I of it. I remember it's all through it. Yeah, so this vagrant is like, you know, the Incredible Hulk. This is okay. terrible. So that's what happens. And so the partner comes running in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he shoots the vagrant. Okay. Then he falls down onto a pit of, like, it It looks like spikes when he falls. But then we learn that he, he falls into a truck full of cacti. It's like... So I can't even recall this happening. Yeah, you were like half asleep. Well, I'm going to tell you this movie glazed, and my eyes glazed over during this thing. So So, okay. So anyway, so the vagrant's dead. He gets shot up and falls into the cacti. I can't even say it. And so, and so cut. They cut after that. Okay, they cut and they fast forward to Bill Paxton driving along in like a little fancy car again. And he pulls up to this beautiful mansion. They explained to us in very few words that this vagrant has been wanted in eight states for murder. And 
Bill Paxton is the one that brought him to justice. And that is what Michael Ironside and his partner discovered. And that is why they were looking for Bill Paxton and trying to find him so that they could reward him for stumbling across this, I guess, a serial killer, I guess. He's a serial killer, this guy, this what vagrant. The hell? Yeah. So <laughs> what the hell? They figured that if they found Bill Paxton, they would also find the vagrant because they're both obsessed with each other. And guess what? They did. They were both in the same location. And so anyway, long story short, too late. There was a reward. There was a reward reward. in eight states for bringing this vagrant to justice, this ex-psychiatrist. And He's been serial killing all across the states. And uh, so, yeah. So now Bill Paxton went from a broke ass, you know, trailer park living, you know, hopeless guy. He's about to buy a mansion. Mm -hmm. And so he walks in. He tells the realtor, yeah, I'll take this house. Uh And then they cut to his face and just his face alone. And he's looking down at the sink. So he turns on the water in the sink, make sure everything's running properly. Then he turns off the water, pan to Bill Paxton's face, and he's staring at the faucet because it's dripping. And all of a sudden, his face changes as if he just flipped a switch. Like he had just something happened in his head, like he'd gone mental. And they leave us thinking... Well, uh, also, Bill Paxton was a nutcase throughout the movie. Also, as I recall, they also played the bell. They played the bell from the trash. His that guy is uh, yes. bags. So and I so it's <clears throat> I what I'm taking from that ending is that you could take it one of two ways. Either he was crazy the whole time, which, which it seems to be. It seems to be, or he had just flipped a switch because of everything he had just gone through. So he just went you know, kind of crazy when he saw the water dripping. And the water dripping is from the house. It's the same sink from the house. It's like the, the stain and the dripping that he's seeing. Yeah, so he you, you just get the shot of his face and you see his eye twitch. From It's from the house before he owned, when he went nuts. Yes, when he was there. And then, so yeah, so you get the, the feeling at the end of this movie, okay, so it's one of two things. Either he was crazy the whole time or he has just gone completely batshit. It's, it's almost like the movie had an idea and could not successfully bring it forth. They, I don't think... See, I think they, ha- they might have had an idea in the beginning, like just a premise. Yeah. But they didn't know where to take it. Yeah. And I'm sitting here throughout this only one and a half hour long movie. No way. Is it yeah. only an hour and a half? Yes, it is. I knew it. And I'm sitting here agonizing, like... This movie should have ended 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Yeah. They were just taking us in all these twists and turns. This whole time I'm here thinking like, okay, maybe this vagrant is just all in his head, which would have made a better movie if he had just gone crazy because he was just going through so much stuff in his life and he just was just losing it. That would have made for a better movie. But the whole idea of this guy actually existing and being you know, in his life and doing all this stuff to him and killing people for an experiment. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the end result of this experiment? Okay, fine. You drove him out of his mind. Now what? What are you going to do? You're going to write a book about it? 
I guess he he pins murders on people and makes them crazy. I guess that's, and I what, guess that's he's what it was. Doing, that they're calling it an experiment. But okay. don't don't overshadow because the movie's virtually telling you maybe everything didn't happen and that Bill Paxton's all in his mind and he's crazy. Right. But if they had gone one direction, either or, whether Bill Paxton was actually crazy and mm-hmm. it was all going on in his head, or they did the whole, the psychiatrist vagrant is a serial killer and he's just lost his marbles and he's going around killing people and pinning it on unsuspecting poor, you know, businessman. Yeah. Um, that would make a better movie. Either yeah. one. Either one. But because they're telling us all this nonsense that he was doing some experiment on him and and he was just, you know, basically he was fleeing the police and yeah. he was just screwing with this well, guy's life. Well, what's wild about this and what really pokes, pokes <laughs> a hole. Get your life together. Yeah. You had coffee, not beer. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, what really makes the plot hole really bad is that he was arrested. So yeah. how did they not know it was so, him with his fingerprints? Yeah, that, it's, after I watched this movie, I sat there and I thought like, okay, there's so many reasons why that they would have already caught this guy. Yeah. Because number one, he, it, the minute they fingerprint him, they would look and see like, okay, this guy's wanted in and, eight states. And it's not legal to be <laughs> homeless and be squatting in, in lots. You, It's not illegal. It's, you know, it's not legal. So he would have been in trouble before this. And yeah, I mean, someone would have called the police on him yeah. already because he's just, you know, he's it, just gross and he's, you know, lingering around and there's children in the neighborhood and stuff. It would just never have happened. They would have busted him a million times. I'm just going to say this. Who cares? I hated this movie. <laughs> I hated this. I wish none of this had ever happened. Um, I, there was a part, and I got to tell you, I have a huge problem with 90s movies. That's something we haven't talked about in the podcast yet, but you and me talk about all the time. The 90s are a mess. It's it's like people finding out, coming from the 80s, coming into the 90s, they start figuring out, oh, we can change. We could do like surreal stuff and do interesting and change up, but they all have this 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 cheese that they put on top, yeah. this thing that doesn't work. And we've seen so many movies from this time period that this movie's filmed in where it's just so culty in a way where nothing really works and it feels so faked yeah and it feels so uninteresting there's so many movies that come to my mind with this weird pastel color and this weird gloss and this weird businessman type thing they're always like this and i hate them i hate them and i i always say that the 90s my least favorite decade of films i know there's a lot of great movies there and that's crazy but there's so much bad crap being filmed and this movie in particular hits all of those notes that i have a problem with it's an interesting concept that should be much better with such a good cast but doesn't ever get to any heights of where it could go i know now if i was going to say what this movie should have been it should have been an american psycho that's what i was going to say yeah it it should have been like that yeah where it's about a businessman like his life is not what he wants. Things aren't going right for him, and he's going crazy. And he can't tell what's real and what's not. And it could have done all of those 90 feels, those pastels, that, that weird vibe that these movies have, and slowly turn into a dark film. And it would have been excellent. Yeah. If the movie got really dark, 
Yeah, but it, it wouldn't because it was produced by Mel Brooks and he's like slapsticky and he... That's funny. Kinda, it's but weird. It's like there was two different people involved in this, you know? It was like slapsticky and then serious and they couldn't they couldn't get a cohesive action yeah. going. It and was it, just all over the place. What I believe I also read was that I think the director and the writer, they, are virt- they, they only have worked in smaller things. They haven't really branched out. And I think this is one of the director's like only movies like i think he has a couple but nothing like huge and it's it's like uh, probably the producers gave him some money and like let them have a chance but this wasn't a success i'm shocked that he got as many people on board as he did from the time but i think he probably worked with them as uh i think the director worked in other areas of filmmaking so he probably had met all these people um but wow wow yeah it it I'm all down for the slapsticky comedy horror stuff. I love it. There's some yes, great moments with, the, with the, the news and stuff like that. Yeah. And Bill Paxton's good. I, I, I love Bill Paxton as an actor. He's good in this. But I think that somebody else needed to be casted to make this work a little better. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he fits this role. No, I feel like he was miscast. You're right. I do agree with you on that. And I, I feel like you know slapsticky is one thing. Like if we had something funny like uh you know like you need an actor clue or you know something higher. funny like ace ventura slapstick you know funny that's one thing but this movie couldn't tell what it wanted to be yeah. it just couldn't tell it was all over the place like one minute we're laughing and like then the next minute we're like were we supposed to laugh like we didn't know what to do um yeah it, you know it reminds me of uh vampire's kiss which you know gets a lot of <laughs> slack gets a lot of crap because it's uh nicholas cage going insane but nicholas cage elevates that movie in a way that I don't think a lot of actors could. He, He's the best. He can really do insane. And that movie's kind It's kind of, I think, misunderstood. It's a really interesting movie of a businessman going absolutely crazy. It's the same kind of thing here. But in that movie, you know, instead of a vagrant, the guy thinks he's a vampire, which comes off really corny. And some of his acting's over the top. But he makes you believe this guy's going crazy. Yeah. And it, it is so believable, and it's so interesting. It's one of those movies that you can't stop thinking about. But this movie, I can see why nobody ever heard. I, I can see why this isn't seen. I wonder how many people rated it on IMDb. Like, I, I can only imagine not many. It's probably one of those movies a lot of people like us have found in these box sets and just were shocked they'd never heard of a Bill Paxton movie. Yeah. I can't imagine this thing being in the oh, theater. Well, you know, it got a 5.7 on IMDb, and but there's how many people? 1,671 yeah. people. That's exactly it. what I was going to But, guess. like, honestly, this movie was just bad. Yeah. It couldn't tell what it wanted to be. Um, it was just all over the place. It was definitely um, worthy of our talk and trash segment. <laughs> It was <laughs> just because I'm on a kick, but like it was as bad as Josh Hartnett's hair in the 90s. Oh, there you go. There, yeah. there, there's, there's another thing from another I just time about wa- the 90s. I rewatched The Faculty for the 900th time because I actually like that movie. Um, but I got to say, the cast is awesome, but Josh Hartnett's hair just read it just literally defines the, ni- the 90s. Yeah, it's like this weird <laughs> cult time where directors so are trying bad. to experiment and a lot of kids were being handed budgets like a lot of uh, up-and-coming directors and they were all coming from this cheesy thing it's very strange in the 90s <laughs> there's so we many can literally things. have a whole three-hour podcast just on just the, on 90s. the 90s uh, yeah just on josh hartnett's hair <laughs> a nine, i would just love to do different genres of film in the 90s as a movie as like yep. a conversation but yeah this one sucks i i, I really 
How do you I, really feel? Uh, I mean, it was brutal. I, it, it brutalized us. I couldn't even us. stay awake. I was so out of it. Yeah. I couldn't even pay attention to I look to over it. and, like, Scott's mouth is open and his eyes are just gone. Like, he's just done. And I never, I don't like doing that. I really love watching movies and even the crappy ones. And there is nothing worse than a comedy that's bad. Because if a joke doesn't land, it really turns you off. I just feel like and this movie wasn't that. a comedy. I, it didn't know what the hell it was. That's the problem with this movie. Michael Ironside was stabbed with a chair. If it's not a comedy, I don't know what the hell it it's, is. It's, it's, listen to this labeling, okay? It's Please. labeled on IMDb as a comedy horror thriller. What the fuck? Yeah. There is no way None it is that. all three of those yeah. things. Like it, it was just a hot mess. Yeah. It, I just, the thriller is because there's a bad guy to chase. Uh, that's a conversation for another I mean, day that horror on. and thriller are virtually the same thing. Uh, but Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, thrillers it, can be horrifying and, it's a horrifying, and horror it. movies can be thrilling. And they, they can also be horrible. And they can be horrible. They could be comedically horrible. Yeah, this is trash. I, I'm, I'm, I think a three or oh, four. Oh, wow. Okay, so I gave this it a four. This might be a four. I, I give it a four because... That's generous, though. <laughs> it is being it's generous. Bad. It is simply... Um, I'll I give, give it a four, too. I'm giving it a four because it's not poorly directed. It's not poorly acted. <sighs> and there was, it was a great cast. And it did have a, a strong start. Like, I thought there was going to be something else. So the first, like, 40 minutes in the movie, I'm like, oh, I think this is going somewhere. Like, this could be cool, you know? This could be like some psychological thing where he's yeah. lost his mind and he thinks all this stuff is happening. Oh, that's, yeah, me too. But then it just it overstayed its welcome. It went on 30 minutes too long. Great. And um, it, it it just didn't know what the heck it was at all. Someone listening to this is like, this podcast has gone on 30 that's minutes That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, we're like, oh, this is going to be short. But you know what? We had so much to say on this movie. I didn't have anything to say. I'm just listening to you at No, one we point. had so much to say on this piece of crap. But you know what? We're going to wrap it up now and let you guys go. This is a four. I... I, I I want to give it's, it a three, but yeah, it's a four. It's a four. There's some good jokes. Yeah, you laughed. You, There's about three or four jokes that I laughed at. You laughing at the lady's body going down the stairs? Was, that was amazing. That's the that best part. That was a one star alone just because I could hear your laugh. All right, that's true. Okay, that your laugh. So you you're were, saying it elevated to a four because of that? Yes, because it was funny and oh, you loved it. And then God. the woman fainting and passing out and dying on the stand. Like, it was just too much. I, I mean, yeah, we're it's a four. It's a four, but it's a piece of crap. <laughs> and that's all we got for you. That was the vagrant, right, and this is our chat on this piece of crap movie. Yeah. And uh, this thanks is, for listening, yeah. as always. And Joe and Scott, and thank ha you. Have a good one. Let's go. The press is having a field day. Just moments ago, after the tragic death of his mother on the witness stand, the jury handed Dumper Dumpster murder suspect Grand T. Krakowski a verdict of not guilty on all charges. I repeat, not guilty. Controversy abounds. Stay with us. We'll be right here with live reenactments on the hour. Wait a minute, Greg. They're coming out now. Yes, here comes the late Mrs. Krakowski now, alongside her son, Graham. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, this poor man, ladies and gentlemen, one thing after another.